Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Uh, so to our lovely, wonderful, beloved audience, Rachel and I, and a special guest, we are remote. And there's a reason for that. And I'm going to show the audience really quick. I'm in Puerto Rico. And this is pretty Ooh. spectacular. <laughs> wow. Okay. So oh my just goodness. so you know, for those watching... Not I'm a shabby in a hotel view. Room in Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> so, just so you know where we are. So, let's get into this because today's guest is Billy Campbell, aka Carter Buckley, a 40-year veteran. This Golden Globe-nominated actor made his debut on Family Ties in 1982. He then went on to numerous notable roles on TV such as Dynasty, Armstead Maupin's Tale of the Tales of the City. Once and again for that Golden Globe nom. And on film, The Rocketeer, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Enough with JJ, uh, and Gods and Generals with Jeff Daniels and Robert Duvall. In 2019, he was the voice of Dave Sicord in the animated ser- series version of The Rocketeer for Disney Junior. Billy is currently in development on the fifth season of his most recent show, Cardinal, for which he won the Canadian Screen Award for Best Actor to be shot in Sweden instead of Canada. And it may be the best role of his career. All the way from Norway, please welcome the highly interesting Billy Campbell. <laughs> Did I get anything wrong? <laughs> how am I supposed to how am I supposed to even say a word after all that? Highly interesting. Um <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you, no. There was nothing wrong with that. Nothing, nothing. wrong with that at all. I'm, okay, I'm, good. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here, and I'm thrilled to, uh, to, uh, to see you guys again. What, what? There must be something in the water. You don't look any different than I when I saw you last time. <laughs> well, <laughs> the computer does wonders, doesn't it? Uh, but right. it's, it's the so, indirect light yeah. from Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> But it's so nice to see you and for you to join us all the way from Norway, which is very far. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but- it's, uh, it's uh, what is it now? Almost 8 p.m. my time. So it's about a half an hour past my bedtime. Oh, boy. We're keeping you up late. So you live there with <laughs> your have, family? I have kids. Yeah. What t- yep. How did you end up yep. in Norway? I ended up in Norway because I, uh, I went sailing. I went sailing. On a Norwegian tall ship, um, and uh, I I met a, a Viking lass uh, who uh, <laughs> kidnapped me some years later, and now I live on her family's farm in the south of Norway, where they have been living for wow. four hundred and fifty plus years. And uh, I'm happy as a happy as a clam. I live on a on a basically on a pickle farm. <sighs> they grow wheat and cucumbers. I'm so glad you brought that up. Because my 
I remember truly, honestly, being highly fascinated by you because when we were, you brought this up, when we were on the show, there was a reason that Carter Buckley was growing a beard. And it was because you said you were going off on this epic months long uh, trip to being on a tall ship. And you were going, yeah. if you can describe, you, you literally were going to work on the tall ship, this experience of a lifetime. I guess. And is that the same one or did you do multiples? It, it, it may be. You have to remind me, what was the year that we, that we did the season? This was, what, was in, the, what year? It was 2005 we were shooting. 2005. So I was about to go off. I was about to go off on a year long round the world uh, voyage <laughs> on a ship called the Picton Castle. Uh, it's a different mm-hmm. tall ship than I'm, I had just the previous sailing season, the previous summer met my Viking, uh, who will probably come say hi if I can. No, she won't. She's Norwegian. She's too shy. Um, okay. uh, but uh, the previous season, I had sailed on a, a Norwegian uh, a tall ship, and I had met her then. Um, so I already knew her for uh, maybe a little less than a year when I met you guys. Um, and then, uh, then I went off to sail on a, Nor- a, a Canadian tall ship, uh, which does circumnavigation. So I sailed right around the planet and um, took about uh, 12, no, sorry, 10, 10 months or so. And, um, and yeah, and then I, I, and then we stay, I stayed friends with my Norwegian friend. And then, I don't know, some years later, we, we were like, why not, uh, why not make it permanent? Wow, that is so yeah. super cool and very uh, original and different and not something you hear every day. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I mean, you know how it is. I came to L.A. and um, I'm not even, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't even sure I wanted to be an actor. But I I uh, followed somebody out to L.A. and, and, um, and one sort of thing happened after another. And I, I, I got very lucky. I mean, we all know people, I know plenty of people with mad skills, m- much more than I have, and who, you know, who, who didn't get lucky. And, and, and there's just a huge dose of luck in everything we do. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced of it. Or karma, or whatever you want to call it, God, or what have you. But um, uh, I was getting... You know the thing about LA, it's it's there are no seasons, right? We have the June gloom, we have the May gray, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. And so before you know it, you know, after years of being afraid to leave town because you're afraid you might miss something, um I I I one day I, I was sitting, I remember exactly, I was sitting on the edge of my bed up in Pacific Palisades, and I thought, what what the hell just happened? I'm I'm 40. I was 20. I was 22, just like a couple of years ago. <laughs> I moved to LA. I know and, the feeling. Um, and um, and so I I kind of panicked and I thought, you know, I I need to do something else. And I have always been in love with the sea and and with uh, the notion of ships. And so I um, I just went sailing, and it changed my life. That is just really cool and. Uh... An inspiring story, I would say. Um, But Billy, I don't know if we, because people who are listening are aware that I have no memory. I'm telling you I have no memory. But I met you when I was a child. 
I remember you. You do? Okay, so you know what I'm, <laughs> where I'm going when with this. When your dad brought you to, yeah, your dad brought you to the set. <laughs> right. Yes. So yeah. my dad, yeah. uh, Danny Bilson, wrote The Rocketeer. And Billy was the yeah. Rocketeer. And it was the coolest thing ever, especially as a kid, showing up to that set and you were basically a superhero. And it was really awesome. Um, and it's a yeah. fun little connection yeah. that we have. <laughs> yeah. Well, give your dad my best, will you? Yeah, I will, for sure. He's going to be thrilled yeah. that I... I was sorry to hear about uh, Paul. Yeah, my dad's um, writing yeah. partner passed away a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they wrote The Rocketeer together. And it's kind of funny that yeah, I was probably, I don't even know, maybe seven to nine years old or something like that. Um, I think that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. And then there we I were. Remember, uh, I remember when I first came to, I don't remember a lot of the OC, to be honest, because it was, I don't know what was going on in my life at that point, but it was a bit of a blur, I think. Um, and uh, But I do remember showing up to the OC and you were like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and it just took me a moment. I was like, before I made the connection. Um, so yeah. funny. Small world. Well, can. Yeah. Congrats on Cardinal. It is at the top of my list now because, you know, it's so wonderful to make these connections or reconnecting with people. And I watched the trailer and I read about it. And first of all, I have to say, um, how brave of you to do it in Northern Ontario in 40 below weather. And <laughs> yeah. if you want to tell our audience about this amazing, it looks, it looks very thrilling and pretty epic. Is those, are it those is, good words it, to describe it's, it? Uh, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, the sort of the roles that come along that, that you feel like you're, you can inhabit are, um, are maybe not so often, at least not in my experience. And, and, and um, this is just one that came along that uh, when I read it, I, I just, I just, I saw my, I don't know how you guys are, but I have a, I have a tiny casting director that lives in my head. <laughs> and um, if I'm not, if I don't see myself in the role as I'm reading it, uh, I have a very hard time getting up to even go on an audition or even, you know, taking something if it's offered. Um, I just, because I, I, I feel like a, like a, you know, like a fake or something. Mm -hmm. And, an um, imposter, but <laughs> an imposter. I don't know, and I, like I feel like I'm gonna be. I'm gonna feel so self conscious that I'm. I can't even do my job. Um, and um, but I read this within the first couple of pages of reading Cardinal. I I knew. I mean, I could see myself in the role. I got super super excited. Um, but I had promised. Uh, I had promised my partner, my wife, uh, that I wouldn't take anything. She still had a year of architectural studies to do, and I had promised that I would stick around to, to help. We had a small boy at that time. And, um, uh, and so I, I turned it down without even telling her about it. Um, and I didn't want to pressure her or anything. And then, uh, thank goodness, um, a few weeks later, uh, my agent called my manager and said, uh, the folks from Cardinal are sniffing around again. They want to know if no really means no. And I just got this, <laughs> oh, like this twist in my, twist in my chest. And I thought, well, I will just, I'll just tell my wife about it. 
and give her the option of, you know. And so I did, and I told her about it, and I said, look, if, you know, um, I've already turned them down once, and if you say no, I, I, I have no problem with that, and I will hang around. And um, she said, well, can I read it? I said, sure. I, I'm not sure she'd ever read a script in her life. Um, hmm. And she read it, and I, I spoke to her the next, uh, the next morning. She was actually on a, on, a, on a study trip, so she was, I think, in Japan or something. But I, the next time we spoke, I, I asked her what she thought, and she said, I think you ought to do it. Hmm. And, and I just, I was like, are you sure? I promised you. And she's like, ah, we'll work it out. Don't worry about it. Aww. And um, yeah, that's a Viking for you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I got to do it and I went to Northern Ontario. And as you said, it was 40 degrees below zero on Oof. our first day of shooting. Ugh. Uh, and we were, and the very first scene was us uh, getting gas at a gas station. So I w- had to stand against the back of the car and kind of bask in the sunshine. <sighs> and um, and uh, Corinne, my my uh, my partner in crime, had to pump the gas. And then I walk off camera to get us coffee. And as soon as I'm off camera, I sprint for the gas station to get inside <laughs> the warmth because my ears are falling off my head. Ugh. I mean, it was it was so bloody cold that equipment was malfunctioning. Wow. Um, the the grips, these big burly Northern Ontario boys uh, and gals, um, the boys anyway, are are walking around uh, having an icicle growing contest in their beards. <laughs> Uh, so they're kind of clinking as they move. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And it's, it was a great, great show for me, a great, maybe the best role I've had in my career. And, um, and it's been, and the karma has come back because, um, we were done after four seasons, but, um, Sophia Helene, who is a Swedish actor, she was, um, half of the pair of actors who were, uh, the leads in The Bridge. I don't know if you know it, The Bridge, the the Swedish show, Swedish-Danish show. Mm-mm. I think And so. she saw Cardinal, and she loved it so much that mm-hmm. she got in touch with our producers and said, uh, what about another season with me, meaning her, playing the bad guy? So, <laughs> um, so, so you're moving uh, to Sweden Or playing now. a character. Well, no, he's not moving to Sweden. Uh, the case has... Uh, this case that uh, has roots in Canada, and so he has to go over and investigate some stuff in Sweden. So, are you shooting in Sweden? Yeah, shooting in Sweden. Wow! Yeah. So that's so, a little uh, closer. I get to, it's fantastic <laughs> for me because I get to uh, yeah, I get to come home on the weekends, or 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 uh, Anna and the kids can come uh, visit in in uh, Sweden. So yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah. That's pretty convenient. (laughs) Meal prepping for the week can be extremely difficult, especially when you are looking for high-quality, sustainable meat. ButcherBox is a subscription service that sources their meat with the highest standards of quality, and that makes me feel good. They also have chicken, pork, salmon, everything that I need to make a delicious meal for my family at any time. It's in my freezer. We are big fans in my household of ButcherBox. We love using the grill. And knowing that we're getting really high-quality products, we have had amazing steaks, even lobster. 
We love ButcherBox. Every month, ButcherBox ships a curated selection of meat. Each box contains between 8 to 14 pounds of meat. There are no added hormones or antibiotics and free shipping in the U.S. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again. That's right. ButcherBox is giving new members free ground beef for life. Wow. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash the OC to get two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Log on to butcherbox.com slash the OC to claim this deal. I love Cocoa Floss. It's the softest, most cleansing dental floss, and it's non-toxic and eco-friendly. I love how gentle it is on my teeth and my gums because they are sensitive. And it's even great for my daughter who's seven. She loves it. So I went to the dentist uh, just a couple weeks ago and I asked my hygienist if she knew about Cocoa Floss and she said yes. And she recommends it to all of her patients, finds it totally superior. I kid you not, it cleans all of the junk that the stuff that just slides right by doesn't get. Try Cocoa Floss. It holds strong too. Typical floss glides over plaque while Cocoa Floss captures it. Avoid mask breath by flossing daily. Go to cocofloss.me slash OC to get 20% off the four spool set and free shipping. That's C-O-C-O-F-L-O-S-S dot M-E slash OC and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. All orders over $20 ship free in the U.S. I think that's the hardest thing, Rachel and I, we've discussed with almost everybody is the Sometimes the quality of life that, you know, being away from kids is can be the most painful part of this industry. Mm, and yeah. it's such a it's such a duality that that and so can become we feel so conflicted. And you know, it can be a difficult thing. I mean, I mean, some kids can handle it better than others, or or is it, I think I feel like it's us that it's a little bit more mm. painful for. <laughs> right. I did a I did a pilot in um in Vancouver. Mm. Uh, last, I guess it was last, uh, yeah, it was last year. Um, time is just like, um, <laughs> but I, I, so I, I was there for, I don't know, I guess six weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't get to see Anna or my, the kids, uh, that whole time. And I didn't get to make it home. And, um, I remember being in North Vancouver one day, walking down the, the seafront, and a, a dad was coming the other direction with his like six-year-old boy, five-year-old boy, holding hands, and the boy was just crying, crying his little face off. Uh, I don't know for you know, of course I don't know why, but I passed them and I stopped and I burst into tears myself. Oh, <laughs> no, I yeah. just, I just, I just, I just missed them so much. I miss them so much. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, so. It's definitely the hardest uh, thankfully thing. Thankfully, if I'm shooting in Sweden, if I'm shooting in Sweden next early next year, I'll be home on the weekends. Aw, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we talk about it a lot. It's definitely the hardest part if you're a parent, I believe, in our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you were on the OC, obviously you didn't have kids yet and you still lived in LA and it's probably a little more manageable. I mean, how many episodes did you do? Do we, do you know? I want to say like maybe six or something. Yeah. You were on, you had a good arc. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I just watched episode 19 and 20 again, mm. um, which was super fun. <laughs> uh, and um, Thank you for watching uh, the episodes. <laughs> oh, I mean, the only thing, the only har- horrible thing about it was having to watch myself. I, I, I just can't, I, I have a difficult time watching myself, oh, especially my if I'm self-conscious. <laughs> if I'm self-conscious and part of the reason that I, <laughs> Part of the reason that I grew a beard on the show was that I I'm terribly self-conscious without one. Really? Um, I think it's my it's kind of my way of hiding, I think a little bit. Um and um and so I I think what happened was I'm I didn't need to have a beard because I was going sailing. I could easily grow one when I am sailing. But I think I think I made up some excuse like I I had to have no, a beard. No, that's the real and, story. <laughs> yeah, that's the real story. And because I remember I remember Sean, my manager saying, "Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do. I'm happy to do the OC. Uh uh but let them know I have a beard." And they were like and he was he called back and he was like, "Uh they do not want a beard. They don't want a beard on you." And I'm like, "Oh, well, uh, I mean, geez, uh, can we play hardball? <laughs> and and he was like, um, rather not. Let, let's just, you know, like, can we, we would try to make an excuse. It went back and forth. And, um, and then uh, I think that we arranged a, um, a, 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 what do you call it, compromise. And the compromise was that I had to start without a beard and then grow one as we, uh, grow one as we progressed. So, I, and if you'll notice, if you watch the show, yeah. I, if you watch the show, mm-hmm. you can see that I'm much, much more self-conscious in the early episodes <sighs> before I have any hair on my face. Oh, my God. And well, Carter is the only character that was ever allowed to have a beard under the understanding that Billy said, production knows I'm going on this year-long tall ship trip and I need this <laughs> beard for this. And I drilled you about it. And I was like, wow, that's fascinating. You really have to like, yeah, right. what, you have to get your calluses worked up. You got to get the face no. cover. You know? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, I, of course, I didn't want to blow my cover at that point. If I, if I had been, uh, if I had been truthful, I would have told you it's all bullshit. But oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is very funny. Did they offer the role to you? I would assume. Yeah, I think so. I I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Um. Well. So that gave me a that gave me a little bit of leverage. <laughs> right. But yeah. We just love you. We keep talking about you. You know, as we're going through these episodes, and love you so much as Carter and Mindy and I are like, oh, Carter, the beard looks so cute. <laughs> <laughs> So we're, we were very much into it, into the aesthetic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Because that's cool. Carter is, it's another version as we're watching Kirsten and Kirsten and Zandy have this really, this dynamic going on where something's broken and he comes into mm. her life where she is, is made to feel something and it's not, it's not unrealistic. She's meant to feel, you know, mm. what whatever those pheromones are creating, but he makes her feel good. And he's a very, he's a very similar character to Sandy. And do you remember anything about being on set or any fan reaction or how the set was or anything like that? I do. I mean, I remember coming down there. Didn't, wasn't it like Manhattan Beach or something? Where were the studios? Yeah. Manhattan Beach? Mm -hmm. That's right. And um, I remember coming down there and... 
uh, I mean, everybody was super nice. Uh, of course, uh, Gallagher was uh, fantastic. He's so much fun to to be around, and and um, everybody was super super nice. I remember. I remember being kind of surprised. <laughs> not not not. Not not because I had heard differently, but because I always assume that, you know, you're going to get to a set and it's going to be kind of a seething pit of uh, something or other. And, uh, and uh, maybe you got, maybe, maybe you guys were pretending or something, but, but everybody seemed, uh, everybody seemed quite nice. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I remember being on set and I remember, uh, what else do I remember? I remember, for some reason, I remember being in or around a party scene, but maybe it was just a party scene that was shooting the same day because I don't think I, I my character was in a party. I of think any you were kind. at the party where the yes. porno is played for where everyone to see. Julie's porno is revealed, and you're in front of a, the audience for the launch of the magazine. The porno is revealed you go. instead okay. of a video. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. So I was at a party. Yes, that's right. You were at the porn party. All right. As I've said before, we get to do this mm. and reconnect yeah. and have a conversation yeah. about something that we collectively yeah. went through together. And yeah. it was, yeah. and it's re- it's really just, it's fun, you know? And, and yeah. I ha- can't tell you how many of the crew members or writers, all of the cast and crew, they're really enjoying hearing these memories from everybody and everyone's contributions yeah. to the show yeah. that really just for four seasons had quite a bit of an, a cultural impact. And Oh my gosh. I mean, I get recognized for the OC over here in Norway. <laughs> no it's way. crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did like six yeah. crummy episodes and I, like people are like, <laughs> and I have a huge white beard and I'm like got farm clothing on and I'm, you know, and they're <laughs> like, you, were you on the OC? I'm like, what are you kidding? <laughs> so... Oh, that's very yeah, There you go. That's why we're it's doing this. Certainly, yeah. It certainly was a huge thing. That's for sure. That being said, if you don't, we'd love to go through the episode and chat about it and, and give give sure. any of your opinions or thoughts or, or memories. And Rachel, you want to do that synopsis? Yeah, I'll read the synopsis. Sure. Uh, Sandy, yeah. Ryan, and Seth devise a plan to save Trey from going to jail after he took the fall for supplying drugs at his birthday party. Kirsten and Carter grow closer as they take a trip to Featherbrook's Winery for a wine tasting <laughs> party. Right. Seth, Summer, and Zach attend a party to discuss their upcoming graphic novel, and Caleb returns from his trip questioning his marriage to Julie. This was uh, directed yeah. by Tony Warmby, written by Mike Kelly, and the original air date was April 21st, 2005. This was season two, episode 20, The OC Confidential, by the way. I was just thinking the feather, uh, like the, I think I had one moment, the one moment that I really loved of, I, I'm, here's an actor. The, the moment I loved of me um, <laughs> was, uh, was uh, at the Featherbrook Winery when the, the gal comes, we, we, Kelly and I have gotten tipsy and we're sitting at the bar and, uh, the gal comes along. She's, I think we've asked her to find us a car or Mm -hmm. we're asking her to Mm -hmm. find us a car to give us a ride home. And, um, she says, where to? And I say, uh, uh, where do you live? And I said, uh, uh, Orange County, I think. And she kind of goes, oh, and and I go, yeah. <laughs> like, like, she's got this. Like you're embarrassed. She's got, 
<laughs> yes, she's got this like snobbish thing about Orange County, and I'm like, yeah, I know. And, uh, and uh, I just thought it was, I, I was so surprised that the producers left it in there, um, <laughs> that it was like, it was so sort of meta in a way. Right. Oh, uh, well, we found that this know. whole show is very meta. We're constantly, Josh is an outsider from Rhode Island, and he's constantly making fun of the yeah. OC in everything we yeah. do. And then he must have loved that moment. He's probably the guy, he's probably the reason that moment survived. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Um, in the Cohen kitchen, you know, the rager just happened and and uh, Trey was arrested in the last episode, but Seth and Ryan, they're discussing Trey and surprise, Ryan doesn't think that Trey did it. And the, just the episode before he was hanging out, he was accusing him of of doing mm. buying Coke and speed, but he does some things, but me, but he's not a, a dealer. Not this is a new Ryan. Like he's turned over a new leaf and and I'm kind I'm I'm glad that he's at least um taking it in stride. And Seth says the, you know, like, well, why? Why do you think that he did this? And he said, because I was about to do the same thing. I was going to mm. to take responsibility for the drugs to save Marissa. And uh, Seth says, oh yes, the compulsive need to save Marissa Cooper, that must be in the Atwood DNA, which we find is, um, you know, something that the Atwoods would do just to save Marissa. Yeah. It's an ongoing theme. What I thought was funny (laughs) from the opening scene is they they talk about 21 Jump Street and the callback is Richard Grieco, right? (laughs) That's very meta as well. Right. That's great. Right. But then (laughs) I was thinking kids today probably don't even know who that is and would think Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill is 21 Jump Street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did a a pilot. I did a most of a, a series down in Miami Beach and... Um, and Richard Grieco was down there doing some other pilot from for some other TV series. Oh gosh! And what happened? I have I know I have a Richard Grieco anecdote. Night at the Roxbury, they uh, do a big old Richard Grieco thing. Does, oh, is that dating <laughs> myself too? Night at the Roxbury, probably. Whatever. Yes, dating yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's okay. I own it. So. Trey brings Sandy, or Sandy brings Trey home, rather, and says that he's facing some hard time, but Trey's going to stay with the Coens because he's under house arrest and under Sandy's protection. Hmm. Mm-hmm. wonder what that's going to bring up. So mm-hmm. Now, right. over at the Newport group, Kirsten is speaking to Sandy on the phone, and uh, he gives her the download on Trey, and she's so preoccupied that she doesn't care that Trey's going to be at the house because she certainly cared anyway. Let's move on from that. <laughs> she, we know she's preoccupied, but but um, he says, "Oh gosh, he's not going to be able to go to Featherbrook." And and basically, he says, "You know, you should." You know, Carter's taking Aaron, and Kel and Kirsten's face is like, "Oh, really? Oh." And then you should go <laughs> anyway. And she says, "Oh, I don't want to be a third wheel." But Kirsten, I just love watching Kelly's performance throughout all of this because she's very subtle and she's. This very slightly Julie Cooper manipulative because she's the mm. one that ruined the Aaron Carter thing. Yeah, she she planted the seed that like you're not ready to date because you're still you know getting through your divorce. Oh my gosh, and, that's right, that's right. Uh-huh. I, I totally forgot that. Yes, I totally forgot that. <laughs> yeah. She was jellies. Here's a question: Do you think she did that on purpose? Yes. Or do you think <laughs> Carter was actually okay? Never mind. 
<laughs> I think she's jealous. I think she was jealous. She was, but I think it is a little of both because she does show up in one episode where you're wasted and it's your anniversary of something or other, I think. And you're... That's right. So That's right. there is like, there's truth to it, but she's definitely mm. coming from a place of okay. jealousy. That's at the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, it's, it's she's killing two birds with one stone. Yes. She's being truthful mm-hmm. and accomplishing a, <laughs> something. Yes, as women do. <laughs> your hair is completely unique, and the key to good hair days is using ingredients that benefit your hair. That's where Function of Beauty comes in. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customized hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas. I love Function of Beauty. You guys know that I called it the coop. And I took the hair quiz and selected the goals that I wanted for my hair. My hair has goals. And uh, I love their shampoo and conditioner. And my hair is is colored, as you guys know. I add this nice little saucy red to it. And it keeps the color rich. And I recommend it highly. (laughs) I love Function of Beauty. It's so much fun formulating your own personal recipe. Not only does my hair smell amazing because you can pick your scent, it is so shiny. When I have to blow dry it, I always use Function of Beauty first and the results are flawless. Say goodbye to generic hair care for good today. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash OC to take your hair goal quiz and you'll save 25% on your first order. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash OC to let them know you heard about it from our show and to get 25% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash OC to take your hair quiz and save 25% on your first order. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise filled with two teaspoons of sugar unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. That's why Haya was created. The pediatrician-approved super-powered chewable vitamin. Now, my daughter loves taking vitamins because they think it's a treat. But now, it still tastes like a treat. It's delicious. And I know it's just good stuff going into her body. So my daughter, obviously, is a little bit older. She tried them. She loved them. But then I was able to give them to some dear friends of mine who are five and nine, Caleb and Lila. They love them. And <laughs> kids, you just, you know that they're getting some good, good nutrients with these vitamins. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya. For their best-selling children's vitamin, receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash the OC. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash the OC and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so over at the Cooper house, Mm-hmm. is a completely different morning. You know, usually at the Coens, we have these, you know, great family moments and they're, they're, they're just saving the world with Sandy, the superhero. But over at the Cooper house, Julie's back and she's, and, and Marissa is surprised that Julie's not mad about the rager. In fact, she says, oh no, not a big deal. Just as long as we don't have to tell Caleb. And then she says that she has to have some personal sacrifices with a date with Caleb that night, which is way too much information for poor um, Marissa, Marissa. Because, you know, mm. she's not exactly what what she's modeling that she's giving 
Oh, I don't know. That Julie, Julie's basically a whore, basically. <laughs> Sorry to, to expand on that. but <laughs> to, put it, to put it lightly. I don't know. And she's like, you can have all the personal sacrifices you, you want, mom. I'm going to Summers. So just showing the difference between the Cooper and the Coens here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many there's so many storylines going on in this episode. Everyone yeah. is kind of doing something different. <laughs> then yeah. we're at school and yeah. we have the trifecta of Zach, Summer, and Seth where ugh, it's just a mess and that that they were fighting and and Summer's mad about the Reed situation because the boys are working with uh, a female on their graphic novel who she thought was a male That's and right. Seth was lying yeah. and and Anyway, so that's going on, the drama with those three. And Zach is being more manipulative that we've been talking about, Melinda. I'm seeing it a bit more. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. He's just becoming so, yes. He's he's so messing with them. And, you know, he gives, Seth gives this really sweet thing about the flower, about the daisy flower, and he's going to bring one every day. And, and Summer says, oh, it's so sweet. And he says, and I have, of course, his favorite band, Death Cab Tickets. And then Zach says, oh, didn't you get the email? We have to go over some notes. And he's just doing it with this Cheshire grin. And yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so manipulative. But it's also just working out for him where he's, you know, it's just setting up for these two boys to, to, really, to really go at odds with this, uh, what do you call it? The demented threesome? We can call it that. There's a there's a word for it. I think that's the wrong word that you call. Summer calls it something. I do. Yeah. Oh, in this episode, I do. Yeah, yeah. She calls it something else. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. Demented threesome is a is a is a good name. Is a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Yeah, we appreciate any anything you throw in. <laughs> um, and then you know we're seeing this whole other plan unfold, and Marissa and Ryan are talking about Trey, and they want to figure out who brought the drugs to the party to get Trey off the hook. So that's setting in motion. Yeah, she thinks it's this guy, Kyle. Does everyone have like that one person in high school that you knew who, where to go for, for, the, drugs? for drugs? Did you say, oh yeah. oh, yeah? Where did you grow up, Billy? Well, I grew up all over the place, um, but I did, uh, I did, um, I was in, I was in a Baptist military academy for, Whoa. from the age of, from fifth grade through 10th uh, grade. Wow. And then I went, that was in Virginia. Then I went north to, um, to a, a school in the suburbs of Chicago, Nutrier East High School. So I went from a little Baptist military academy of like 400 students to a large public school on the north side of Chicago with like 3,000 students. Uh, and it was, and I just uh, over, overloaded. Um, <laughs> I remember the, the under, <laughs> they had undercover um, people come into the school and were like um, uh, asking, oh no, they weren't undercover. Somebody was coming. I don't know. Anyway, the question was, they asked the student, uh, is, there a, is there a drug problem? here at the school and the student said uh no no that you can get anything you want um there's no problem oh Um, yeah Yeah. so um so yeah so i went from one to the other and then yeah yeah marissa figures out who that guy is so that's easy peasy so now he's kyle is the target but now we go into the newport group where 
Carter comes right in to tell mm-hmm. Kirsten that Aaron left me a message and apparently she doesn't think it's good for us to start seeing each other. I thought we hit it off. And of course, this is where Kirsten's like, hmm, sorry. Oopsie. <laughs> hmm. I had something to do with that. Uh-huh. But then he says that he has this, this Mustang, right? That he's going to, you know, take them up and, and you offer... You offered Kirsten to come as well, and and she she declines, right? She was tempted. She was she was. I mean, it's not very sporting of her to like to uh, to scare um, the other gal away, and then and then and then <laughs> and then be so you know so not forthcoming when we're in Featherbrook together and all tipsy and everything. I I thought I was disappointed. <laughs> I know she didn't give it out. <laughs> No. No. She dangled that carrot. She for dangled a while. the carrot and then snatched it away. So then we are at school and Marissa talks to Jess. So they're 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 doing the whole thing and uh the whole plan. Still wheels are still still moving and Jess tells her to find her the Death Cab show. So we now we know everyone's going to Death Cab tonight. And then we are in the Cohen kitchen. So I wanted to bring this up, Mindy, because Sandy is talking about the prosecutor in the case with Trey, and you had a funny little anecdote about this. Yes, the name of the prosecutor is Tom McGinty, and that's a nod to our own McGee, Joseph McGinty Nickel, but he's a conservative Irish Catholic prosecutor with eight kids, six are girls, and... (laughs) Sandy's thinking he's not going to get any um, leeway. Yeah. It's yeah. a very serious LA law moment, and which is interesting because there was, once we go, you know how they put establishing shots into the next scene? Mm. Because, and because they, they're going up to Silver Lake. It was downtown LA, and it was just exactly like LA law used to look like. Anyway. Just a little, <laughs> little thing I noticed. <laughs> Manhattan Studios, did the, did the practice used to shoot there as well? I think so. Didn't it? All the David Kelly stuff was there. Yeah. Was that David I did, Kelly? I did, a, I did a, yeah. an episode of the practice, I think, or a couple of them. And I, th- I, thought, I, had, I thought I had come to the same studio that you guys were in. Yeah, okay. I, think, I anyway. think that's right. So then in Silver Lake, Zach and, and Seth are meeting with Reed and Damon uh, for Atomic County. And I remember this house. I actually remember being at this location and it was in Venice Beach. Mm. Yeah, this character, Damon, what a tool. So annoying. <laughs> and I so recognized. So I so recognized that this is exactly, or, or you know, all over the conversations we've had with Josh and and this is exactly probably what every executive or possible thing was said to him as this show, The O.C., was being <laughs> developed. You're like, kids in the heartland won't know, you know, and he said, yeah. but the point of The O.C. is the character and, oh, the magic flask, can't we change it to Gatorade? You know, everything yeah. that he said kind of represented probably everything that's ever been said to Josh. So yeah. that's that yeah. meta <laughs> moment again yeah. that we... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we had Ben Gibbard on from Death Cab, and uh, it was, I just want to make sure that we mentioned this is the Death Cab episode, and it's so funny because we'll find out a little bit later because, no, right now, because Seth is missing it. Yeah. I think that's so funny that Josh, that they created this thing that, you know, Death Cab is Adam's favorite band in real life, 
And then Death Cab came on our show and he didn't they get have to be in the- <laughs> Seth not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's definitely a Josh thing, right? Yes, for sure. That's funny. Then we're, Julie, we're at your house and what are you doing? Well, you have an American beauty moment here. <laughs> <laughs> so that American beauty moment, shooting that with the flowers, the petals, and uh, it was Tony Warmby, right? Yeah. Where he's going, oh, Melinda, just look at the camera. Give it to me. And I'm thinking, what is she looking at? Is there a mirror on the ceiling? <laughs> but he had me looking into the lens, right? And, yeah. and I'm like, so Julie and Caleb have a mirror. And she really is, those things are so awkward to do, not only, and then to watch. And then Caleb walks in and he's like, what's all this? And she's like, what do you think it is? And he says, it looks like one of your movies. (laughs) And she's so humiliated and instantly like, oh, she feels this small. And I just, oh, he's being so, so cruel. Uh, but it's it's totally great television, totally soap opera television, isn't yeah. it? I love it. He was being <laughs> he he was so uh he was so just oh, what's the word for it? He squashed her. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, yeah. squashed her. Uh, and not from being on top of her. He just stepped on her and <laughs> crushed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a bed of petals is is too, I don't know. It's not probably good for rolling around and having sex, but who knows? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, they, they get stuck everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're back at the bait shop, and the girls, they find Jess, who Marissa's looking for, obviously. And th- this whole little thing where Marissa says some are stoned, and I play stoned, which I'm, like, embarrassed because I'm like, listen, guys, this is definitely not how you are when you're stoned. <laughs> It's like, I know better than that. <laughs> uh, but what I also thought was funny is dialogue they wrote for Summer where I'm like, yeah, where the bands are never too loud to talk over. Like calling out the show where the actors are never speaking loud enough where it should be really loud with the music. I thought that was kind of a funny little thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. My my favorite line was, total, like, what did you say? Ganja all the way. It's What's from the from earth. The earth? Is that the yeah. greatest worth? was that an ad lib Rachel I wish I could take credit but sadly I think it was written yeah yeah. Yeah. it was hilarious anyway (laughs) I loved your delivery thanks (laughs) the songs that Death Cab were playing the first one was title and registration and then in that scene it's movie script ending which I love that song and then the next one comes. yeah and hearing these songs just brings me back because Brody in real life obviously was always listening to these songs and that album and so when I heard it I was like Mm. oh my god I'm back in 2005 (laughs) like everything just comes like flashing back okay so then in the Cohen bedroom Sandy encourages Kirsten to go to the winery with Carter do you think this is do you think this is odd of her husband Billy or do you kind of feel like it's supportive no I I thought it was really lovely I I he's just a you know he just doesn't think that way and and uh, I think it was uh I thought that was all super lovely the whole no you go honey you know what as as I'm thinking about it I realized I wrote I can't I said I wrote you should go up there with Carter and I was doing it based on what I know about the story. But now hearing you say that, it's only a day trip to Santa Barbara and back mm-hmm. for work. Yeah. There shouldn't yeah. be any issue with that. And, and no. 
I realized I was putting my own perception on, on, I was putting my judgment on it because I know what's going on. But right. yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. There's yeah. no reason yeah. for them not to do that. Very yeah. good. It would have been very uh, small of him to uh, have an issue with it. So, and he right. didn't, his right. character and, doesn't seem that way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. There, yes. So I agree. I agree. Glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> because I was very upset about it. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know. It's interesting. The other perspective. Yeah. Um, back at the bait shop, Sound of Settling is playing by Death Cab. And Ryan is on to Kyle and following him. And Seth shows up and kind of <laughs> does the Seth He says, thing. I can't believe I missed Death Cab. The last three notes. <laughs> <laughs> I know he shows up for like literally the last three notes of Death Cab. The irony of with That's the ironist. <laughs> it's pretty good. But right. so, there's great improv by Brody at the end of the scene where they're where they're running out after the guys trying to find the dude selling the drugs. And they're like, which way did they go? Oh, that's right. They, they, they didn't, not that way. That's the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> I, laugh. Yeah. I laugh. You can totally tell the, the Adam Brody improvs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some sometimes yeah. they no. He definitely when we spoke to him, he always came up with a couple that he knew he'd throw out there, and whether they, you know, and they were always a surprise. So. Always a pleasant yeah. surprise. Good for mm-hmm. him. So let's get to the winery, shall we? Yes. Yeah, baby. Let's get there. <laughs> Featherbrook <laughs> Winery. Boom, boom. Yeah, you guys show up, and Kelly's talking about or Kirsten about her messy hair, which it did not look messy. <laughs> Kelly's is quite, you know, I hate, well, her, her hair was always perfect, or at least, at least from I my pref- point of view, this was her version of, of messy. messy. I, I, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was lovely. Yeah. I thought it was looked gorgeous. And I was like, mm-hmm. I have a feeling it would, if, if it was really doing this, it would have been a little messier, but no, she looked mm-hmm. beautiful. So Featherbrook, see, I kept thinking that it was up in San Francisco and I had to be, I, I was corrected that it was in Santa Barbara. But I like, I like you two together. And I just, and I like, I like Kirsten's energy. You know, mm-hmm. she's, it is interesting yeah. that she's able to kind of let go and just enjoy. Yeah. And well, yeah. as we see, as, as they start drinking, it gets a little bit, Little, little more fun, right? Yes. Yeah. But we go into um, Silver Lake, and I just wanted to bring this one up because I had to watch it. I watched the show with subtitles just so I can see what people are saying and are saying because I don't want to miss anything. Mm. And I, mm. I missed that he, he's he actually was taking her out to an apology dinner and takes her to an effing party in Silver Lake. That's for oh, the summer s- yeah. comic book. Yeah, Silver Hell. Summer calls it Silver Hell. <laughs> Which it is, right? You know, she's like, she's stuck in a car and he's like, actually, I'm taking you out to apologize for what's been going on. But no, we're actually going to a comic book party. No. That no, would be, yeah, I'd be pissed. You know, I understand. And she is. Because I was thinking she wasn't very supportive. But then I was like, no. oh no, he just keeps manipulating and lying and doing it. Seth is very frustrating, Billy. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. <laughs> very. These are real people now. <laughs> Yeah. Now, okay, so the kids know who the dealer is, so now that's going to happen. Then we're at the Mermaid Inn, and Julie goes to see Lance to tell him, don't kill Caleb. Yeah. Well, she shows up just because she says, I need a drink, and I need someone to talk to. And Lance is still there. 
minutes. And he pours her the largest glass of whiskey I've ever seen. Like that, it was like it, much. it was like he was pouring a Long Island iced tea or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's getting you nice and nice and toasty. It's interesting that we've because Julie is so about um all of the appearances and and of course, you know, she's this perfect put together woman. But with Lance, she's the chick from Riverside. So she just needed to hang out with him. And he's, he basically says, you know what? I'll switch out his pills. I'll kill him for you. And she's like, here's five grand to get out of town. Mm-hmm. And the important part <laughs> of this scene is that as they, as they leave that, and she gives them this kind of intimate goodbye kiss. But of course we know that's all it is. Mm-hmm. But we have some PI taking pictures. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen there? There we go. Right. Back at the winery. Back at the winery. <laughs> Here we are. Carter and Kirsten are you drunk. You guys do good drunk. You, you guys do. do good drunk. Acting and and being yeah. a drunk is is a, it's a skill. It's 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 actually it's actually really liberating in a way. Mm-hmm. Um because you I don't know. It, it it's like, you know, when I was in acting school, I don't know if anybody ever gave you this uh this thing, this uh, this trick, but um, uh, you know, I was I was doing a scene, ow, oh, where I had to dance, okay, on stage, and I'm terribly, terribly self conscious. If you were to come up with anything to make me more self conscious, you couldn't, and and I was horribly self conscious, and the acting teacher uh, uh, Milton Katsellis. Uh, do you remember Milton Katsellis? No. Maybe. I went to Were the Playhouse. There? Did you go to the Playhouse? Yeah. That I went to the Playhouse in 1988, yeah. Okay, that was my first stop when I came to town in 84, I think it was. Yeah. And um, uh, he uh, he said, uh, he stopped in the middle of the scene. He's like, okay, all right, this is excruciating. Like, it's excruciating, you know, as much for us as it is for you, I think. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to give you a trick. He said... Now you come on stage and you're going to dance, but you're not a great dancer. You're a guy who thinks he's a great dancer, but he's not. Right? Right. And I was like, holy shit. And it completely, completely freed me. Right? Wow. And I've used it for many, many things since. Like, Like, I don't know how to do this or that, or I'm terribly self-conscious in this scene. All right, I'm just going to pretend I'm a guy who thinks he knows how to do this well, but doesn't. <sighs> and and it it's like, it's right. completely liberating. So when we're, you know, at Featherbrook Winery, uh, there's something about, I think what I thought at that point in time was like, you know, I'm just a guy who's, who's pretending to be with it, but he's not. Mm. And, uh, and I don't know, there's something about being a little, like having to play a little drunk that it, it just, it frees me in the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you do it well. Well, no, I say drunk acting is, you know, it's not what you think it is because people who drink no. don't try to act drunk. It's Mm-mm. more just No, they try to, like, act, they try to act straight. Yeah. Right. Everything's right. very, right. everything's very, Precise, you know. Right. Yes. And with a, maybe a little roll of the tongue, possibly, but not nothing's ever, mm. it's like Foster Brooks was Foster Brooks, but not, oh, yeah. but that's, yeah. 
but but you're not supposed to do that. But but it was great to see because Kelly and I used to go out and drink a lot of wine, and that was <sighs> that reminds she did it really well too. And we we yeah. could, she's more of a Barolo go, girl. Oh, I love we a used Barolo. To, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I kept asking myself, is this awkward or is it tension? Are mm. they, you know, <laughs> and they're really, you know, and the, the truth is you can just enjoy someone's company and you, but is it necessarily sexual? So I think I'm trying to pay attention to the nuances of the, of the mm. performances. And I can see that it's really about really truly liking this human being and yeah. Being able to escape some of the turmoil or trauma or conflict that she's going, that's yeah. going on with her at home in in her domestic life. So she walked a really, really fine line with everything she was doing, and I was, I just was so impressed. I thought she she was she just walked yeah. it perfectly. Yeah. You do one thing though in this scene right. where you. It made me laugh because the the woman, the other actress comes up to you and I don't remember the exact dialogue, but you just say to her, yes, it's okay. It'll be all right. And it has nothing to do with what she's just asked yes. you. <laughs> and I just thought it was brilliant because yes. it made me laugh. And like, you know, you're drunk. You're like, don't even know. You're not even answering her question. It was really funny. No, I wasn't. Right. I was still on the, I was still on the, uh, the, the spill wine, on my yeah, shirt. Spill. Yeah. And, and I was... I was preemptively cutting off her concern for my the wine on my shirt, but she wasn't even concerned with <laughs> no, it. No, so. not at all. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. good. I definitely uh, liked that. Yeah. But I, you know what? The thing was, if I wasn't, if I hadn't been like you know playing drunk, I would never have. You know, it, it just that's what I'm saying. It, it's yeah. so freeing that you like, you know. If I had been just not playing drunk, I'd have been like, okay, what's the dialogue? And I right. got to stick to the dialogue and whatever. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Then we're at the party and Marissa and Ryan arrive at this party, but they're not going to let Ryan in, right? Because these water polo players. Because it's a red velvet rope party. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but she winds up sneaking him, him in the side door. And Marissa finds Jess and they're talking about candy flipping, which is a mix of mushrooms and ecstasy. I re- when I hear them I say never heard this, I, I remember that term. So I think it was a thing, you know, because I definitely it was familiar to me when I heard it. I didn't do it myself, but I was familiar with the words candy flipping. What a mess. I did plenty though. of both and I never, yeah. never did them together. That's what I'm saying. Like together, mm-hmm. that sounds awful. <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't. It's nothing I would ever have done. Hey, brain, go this way. Oh, no, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a disaster in my personal opinion. Anyway, so, so that's... <laughs> right. Yes, so that's on. And the song E-Talking by Soul Wax is playing. Um, yeah, all right, that then was a cool song, though. That is a cool song. But then we're back at the C- yeah. Cooper Nickel house and Caleb's waiting for Julie in the dark. <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> <He's>, I know. <laughs> he, heard, he hears her driving up and he turns, he turns off all the lights. And yeah. he's like, that was creepy. Yeah. We had a meeting. And yeah, and you know, and and now it's like, you know, he's saying that he wants a divorce, but when it says she are these real tears, and you gotta come up with the real tears. Mm-hmm. And so I just noticed that and I remember the night, you know, the first some, you know, I remember like not getting it the first take or something and having this thing where I'm like, I have to 
I'll let you know when I'm ready. You know, mm-hmm. reactors would go away and, and because they're doing the close-up. And I can't come back and there's a continuity error, error because in the wide shot, my hair is very perfect when I walk in. And by the time they get to the scene where the big crocodile tears, the bangs were like this. <laughs> because whatever my prep was, <laughs> and I'm like, we're ready. But, the, but your hair, I'm like, I don't care, we're going. <laughs> For the tears. <laughs> Yeah, you. Have that was my memory of that. Very impressive tears, Aww. Mindy. Well, thank you. But <laughs> yeah, I probably had to go imagine sometimes because I found with this show, the dialogue didn't always, you know, garner some kind of, you know, emotional thing. Like she's upset about the hydrangeas being, you know, not there or something. But I have to go, you know, do some deeper work about, you know, mm. some mm-hmm. pretty serious imaginary thing. But but when he says, are these real tears? And she says, no one's more surprised than me. <laughs> and <sighs> I don't know what to say when he said, he goes, well, when he says, maybe we should have another chance. And, and she says, I don't know what to say. And he says, maybe thank you. <laughs> I mean, it makes for good television. I'm just enjoying yeah. these storylines so much. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, then we're back at the Featherbrook Hotel room. The room that you guys have been given because you're too drunk to drive. <laughs> That's right. He sobers up with more alcohol. <laughs> well, no, you yeah, decided well, to take a he... shower to sober up. I decided to take a shower. No, yeah, the shower is sobering up, but, I, but I st- I'm starting off by drinking the mini bar, I think. Yes. And, uh, yeah. You know, right. I mean, that's in character, both for the role and for me. And, yeah, and uh, then the, the shirt yeah. coming off before you hit the bathroom. I mean, you know. I feel like yeah. talk about dangling a carrot, Billy. <laughs> well, the pants didn't come off there, Rach. It was the shirt. <laughs> you know, and you know they're mirroring exactly what happened with Rebecca and Sandy that they got stuck and they have to be in a hotel room and right. there's not mo- there's not two rooms, there's one and there's oh, no other I hotels around. I did you not know? realize it's all that. Those I things. had no idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It was the same thing. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I find it's hard for me to remember. I mean, it's hard for me to think of like exactly how much sort of how, I mean, I know there was feeling between them. I'm talking about the characters now, not, not, not us, mm-hmm. but I know there was, I know there were feelings between them. I, 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 I'm, it's hard for me to imagine like how far Carter would have been willing to go. Mm. I guess he would have been willing to go the whole enchilada, I suppose. But I think yeah. I but think they it, set it up that it was a very very real situation that that could have yeah. you know, that, yeah. that that yeah. he would have especially in you know with the alcohol and the and the the atmosphere and the romanticism of it and everything yeah. i think it's set up so both situations that they're mirroring they both only get one hotel room well from what we see with with Sandy and Rebecca and now <laughs> with Kirsten and Carter it's like interesting just one room okay. yeah sorry Carry on. Yeah. No, they want to make sure that they have these same situations. And this is, and actually this is what, this brings up an interesting point because now that Sandy and Trey are waiting outside the party, they're on the lookout mm-hmm. and, and 
you know, Kirsten says, I better call Sandy. You know, she's still doing the right things, but she's got this temptation just hovering in front of her. And she explains the situation and he goes, oh, honey, you know, just come tomorrow. And Trey, which is, you know, fine. But Trey says, I don't know any man that would, that would suggest that. And he says, well, you don't know anybody. Do you know any men that are married for 20 years? And it goes to your point that it's almost like he's been in this situation. He's been in situations where coworkers had affection for him and mm. he was able to say no. And he's been in a situation where his old flame came back and he was able to say no. And he's saying to himself inside, in my opinion, that my wife could be in a situation, but she's going to do the same thing I did. And mm. I'm choosing to yeah. trust her, even if there were yeah. something there, yeah. because he has made comments about you guys have been working late and, you know, you know, he's made little comments, but he's choosing yeah. to trust her yeah. because choosing no matter trust. what, he yeah. can't control her. He can't do anything. No matter what happens, yeah. he's not going to say, yeah. hey, you better not. And that's kind of, I think, what he's presenting is this very um, solid relationship. And I trust my wife. And no matter what happens, we're still good. So, yeah. 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 And as on that trust note, yeah. then they get a knock at the door at the hotel room that they found a car to take them back. But Kirsten doesn't automatically say, great, we'll take it. He says, let me get back to you on that. Yeah, she does, yeah. doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. sure does. <laughs> She's thinking, right. and where am I at that point? I'm in the shower. Yeah. And I'm, yes. I'm I'm in the shower there and I'm in the shower and I'm just waiting and I'm thinking any moment she's going to walk in the in the bathroom door and drop <laughs> her robe any moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is true. Is that that is like if I go take a shower as a man, would you think wouldn't it be a great fantasy if she just showed up in here? Is that Yeah. Yeah. You would you <laughs> like yep. that's that, I would have been that's what it, that would have been me I would have been you know wishful <laughs> mm -hmm. thinking mm -hmm. yep. right, right of course then we're back at the Silver Lake party and you know it's just a mess Summer's pissed and then Reed is taking Seth away and Summer's had it and she's like Zach give me a ride which is also another callback to the last episode where she's like Zach give me a ride and Zach takes Summer home from the party so. We're seeing a little bit of a, a pattern here. <laughs> oh, I had to write, oh, the schadenfreude. He's just <laughs> so basking in his, in Seth's demise when, when, with his girlfriend. And he literally is like this little puppet master pulling the strings with that treasure grin again. He's like, yeah, I'll take you. <laughs> Have fun, Seth. <laughs> He's... Because we, we've been saying that this character, Zach, he's just literally on paper and in person, the most perfect person. And I'm like, mm, just watch, just wait. He's a demon yeah. wallet, water polo player and he, get, he keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see it all. Uh, we're back at the hotel room and Kirsten tells Carter that they found, or the winery found a car for them. And you don't want to go, Carter. Billy. No. No, yeah, you sit go. down on the bed with your with your wet hair and mm -hmm. having that like that close intimate. This is where, and I I kid you not, I swore in my mind there was a kiss here, and was there? Man, it was no. no. So then we're at the beach, and Marissa is meeting with Kyle, the drug dealer, and their whole 
sting operation. Yeah, because <laughs> it's about to go down. Just just gives her the drugs and says, but you have to meet, or you know, but you have to meet Kyle. He wants to meet and you. And when she meets him, yeah, and he's she's like, oh whoa, I've got a boyfriend. He's like, I don't care. As if as if he has the right to put hands on her. And then and then this is like this great this okay this is our twenty one Jump Street scene right this choreographed <laughs> let's do it. It's it's so contrived and so television. You've got the prosecutor, you've got Trey, you've got everyone in the in the with in the police cars, yeah, right. and <laughs> All the wheel the, the lights come up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he's busted, and Trey is free. What a moment! What a moment! Right, right. In the OC, he just just like right. The timing's just right where he, as he runs, that Trey, Trey's pretty rad, actually. He's badass. He's very Van Damme. And he did, and the door <laughs> opens and it's just boom. And then, of yeah. course, well, Kyle, and before, Kyle and and um, and Ryan go fist to cuff. And, mm. you know. You were saying Trey's so Van Damme, but have, have you seen the, the movie he did, uh, Uploaded or, or Downloaded or something like oh, that? Oh, I know. Someone else told me about it and how it's awesome fantastic. he is. And, and he's... Really, really, really good. You should he's really a, see. Is it. Really, it a recent one? He's a great actor. Um, he's pretty terrific. Yeah. yeah. What is that movie? I know what you're talking uh, about. I think it's called Upload, maybe, or it's either Upload or Download or something. Logan Marshall Green. Yeah. 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 Oh, I thought you were talking about Van Damme. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's was, hilarious. Upgrade. It's called Upgrade, yeah. and it was 2018. Upgrade. Yeah. Upgrade. That's okay. hilarious. Yeah. John, John, you really okay. thought he was talking about John I was like, Van Damme. I was really confused. <laughs> he was they, amazing they, in this they, movie. He's a really... Yeah. <laughs> they call me Chance uh, because my mama took one. Because um, oh, Rachel, uh, when you said he's a really, really good, and I thought you were going to say action star, and you went actor, I went... <laughs> oh, okay. oh man we used to say when i was growing up john Claude van damme i look good that was like what the boys said in my elementary school <laughs> little uh, little fact for you guys yeah and and marissa and reiner in the car and they look at each other oh, and they finally like, kiss yeah they uh <laughs> they're sitting in the car and they're like well, what do you want to do what do you want to do and i'm i'm thinking in their brains they're like i want to kiss you so they kiss, and then Marissa says, "I, I've been, we've been waiting a long time for this. Why don't we go somewhere, somewhere a little more intimate, back to the pool house, right?" But then when Trey goes into the apartment, little Miss Jess is there to meet him and wants to know oh, why Trey yes. didn't turn her in. Yes, that's right. She's, She's just actually, like good little character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good is. little bad character. Yeah. So this whole time that they've been hanging out. And they, you know, she's back. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. So we, I won't say that. But when he <laughs> says, because this whole time he was saying to Sandy, um, you know, I met Jess and we were talking. And does talking mean sex? I think it does. Right? Let's, let's because go with, I was yes. admitting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, so there, that, that, that teases for the end uh, for the next episode that now we've got Trey and Trey and um, troublemaker Jess, and that is the end of our episode. That people. is Aww. the end of that episode. Norway, Pasadena, and Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. So do I? Do I? Does Carter 
uh, Carter, the next episode is Carter's swan song. It is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Aww. I'm going to be sad to see Carter go. Billy, if you're willing, we have a rapid mm. fire to do with you. If yeah. you are so Yeah, inclined. okay. You want to go first, Mindy? Sure. Red wine or white wine? Red wine. Hmm. Rocket pack or mm-hmm. teleport? Rocket pack. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Wait, I'm sorry? Dogs or cats? Oh, I thought you said Dodger caps. And I was like... <laughs> You're like, What Viking does that caps? even mean? <laughs> like, like, Dodger caps. Like, no, I don't like baseball at all. Um, dogs or cats? Cats. Favorite role you've ever played? Cardinal. Salty or sweet? Mm, salty and sweet. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> sweet. No, salty. <laughs> <laughs> convertible, convertible or hardtop? Convertible. Romantic comedies or dramas? Ah, dramas. Hmm. Favorite city you've lived in? Vancouver. Nice. Nice. Okay. Oh, Halifax. No, good. Vancouver. Is Halifax where you shot Cardinal? <laughs> no, no. We were in uh, Sudbury. Oh, you were in Sudbury, Ontario? My goodness. Yeah. Did you work in Sudbury? No, my I've spent a lot of time uh, in a place called Uxbridge, Ontario, which is um, an hour north of Toronto. But uh, yeah, yeah, I know all the, you know, surrounding bits of northern Ontario. We were in Suds and North Bay and uh, Muskoka and all over the place. Nice. It has been an absolute pleasure to see you. And... Thank you for taking the time all the way from Norway. Oh, it's it's been my pleasure. It's been a real kick to see you both. Uh, it it it's uh, it's funny, isn't it? Uh, how what we do is like a, it's like um, it's like a living, breathing yearbook. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. like other people have yearbooks that stay the same, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's been a real. Uh, it was a pleasure to do the show and. Uh, back then when we did it and and it was a pleasure to reminisce with you so Aww. thank you thank you well, so much it brings up a lot of memories for me because i remember literally drilling you on this tall ship experience and adventure that you were going on and you were yeah. so forthcoming in the experience and i remember thinking like oh yes because hollywood isn't the center of the world there are other things out yeah. there and i had my own ex- um, adventure right after the oc and uh yeah. so it was uh i remember it very 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 fondly so thank yeah. you so much yeah. well <laughs> and congrats yeah. on thank cardinal and i'm looking forward to watching it and oh, well, in your beautiful family. Let me let me know what you think. And and uh, Rachel, uh, <laughs> g- give my best to your dad. Will I you? will absolutely. And uh, and uh, to Kelly and Peter, when and if you talk to them, I will, yeah. I will. for sure. Thank you, right. Billy. Absolutely. So good to see you. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Follow, rate, and review. Welcome to the OC Bitches. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, if you like to watch us, check it out on YouTube. Bye, Bye bitches. But now we're at the bait shop and we got to speak with um, Ben Gibbard. And I like it your farm was, noises. This is the bait Billy. shop episode. <laughs> it's, I promise it's not me. It's the, it's the, the washing machine was, 
the washing machine was on and and it makes it, you know, when it does that thing, it makes the kitchen sink gurgle. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's not me. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Hold up. Just got a new sale. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash podcast 22. Shopify.com slash podcast 22. Hi, everyone. It's Rabia Chaudhry. And I'm Ellen Marsh. And we have a new podcast called Rabia and Ellen Solve, Solve the, case. the Case. As you know, I am a very smart lawyer. You are. You're so well-respected in the entire world. You know everything. Thank you so much. And as you know, I'm a famous Broadway star. Gorgeous. I sing like a nightingale. Well, yes. at least that's what your mom says. <laughs> Just kidding. This is Ellen Marsh. And, and I'm Rabia. Rabia but we are teaming up to bring you a show like you have never heard before. True crime meets talk show. Nobody's done it. We're going to do it. We're going to do the impossible. And it's the two things that I love. Ellen, I think you'll like it too. What, true crime and talking? Yeah. I'm there. Every other week, we will have a guest talking about whatever true crime case they are obsessed with. We have a list, everything from the Lacey Peterson murder. Yeah, some of the most famous cases you've ever heard of, obviously, like John Benet Ramsey, the West Memphis Three, Chris Watts, Khalif Browder, Elisa Lamb, Madeline McCain, Sandra Bland, the Springfield Three, the list goes on and on. But they are all cases that you know, and we are going to dive in deep with someone else and just talk about them. No, we're going to solve the case, Ellen. That's right. We're going to solve the case. So subscribe to Rabia and Ellen's Solve the Case wherever you get your podcasts. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 570-726-6200.